Thanks for listening to the LifePoint Church podcast. Visit us online at lifepointcentral.com. Well, good morning once again. We are in week two of a series that we started last week. Obviously, you can tell by the bumper series. It's called Blended, and blended is defined as mixing substances together for a harmonious effect. And many of you have heard the phrase blended families, uh, where uh, when you get married, you blend your families together, or if you've been married before and you maybe bring some children into the marriage, you are blending families together. And so we've done series on doing life together. We have done series on God's house. And, and I just came up with this idea that it's so amazing how God takes all of our yesterdays, all of our demographics, all of our past, even all of our yuck, and blends it together and makes a real cool family called the family of God, and he creates these local communities of faith, like our church here, and we really are a family. There's a good chance you might be closer to your church family than you are your even uh, blood relatives, and I guess we're blood-related anyway by the blood of Jesus. Amen. And, and so that's, that's a term we hear in our culture, uh, a blended family. And I was reading this article uh, from a lady who, I think she brought like three or four children into the marriage, and, and so did her husband, sort of like a modern-day Brady Bunch. Y'all remember the Bradys? Okay. So, uh, so they blend this family together, and she says she realized that she wanted, they wanted this new family unit to be successful, but she said what she noticed is the goal wasn't really to blend that family, but it was to have a bond. I started thinking about that. I don't think really it's God's goal for us just to be blended together in a, in a big melting pot because you can just sit by somebody, you can just attend with somebody. But I believe what God really wants in his house, in, a, in, in his church, is that we not just be blended together, but how many know to, to have a bond? A bond that's just beyond this idea of blending. So we, we started this series last weekend, and, and the word bond is a little bit different than blend. The word bond means joining together something securely by the means of an adhesive, by heat, or by pressure. So really what it's saying is you need a bonding agent. And so we're, we're looking at some bonding agents through this series. Last week we said that the first bonding agent was this, that community is the core. And last week our, our points were this, that you are created for community, you were formed for family, but you were never designed for disconnect. And if you haven't got a chance to, to catch up on that message, if you weren't able to be here, I would encourage you to go online and watch that. We're going to build on that this week. So let's go to Hebrews chapter 10. This is our text for, for this series. And it's a scripture that we taught on a lot, but it's such a, such a cool, cool scripture. So what I, I want to say to you is what I said last week, just because we're talking about some things that sound familiar, just keep your heart open. Because I believe now more than ever, the church needs to be the church, but we need to be connected, we need to be united, and we need to meet more and more together and, and, and have a bond. Amen? Amen? Hebrews chapter 10 says this, we come closer to God and we approach him with an open heart, fully convinced that nothing will keep us at a distance from him. Our hearts have been sprinkled with blood to remove the impurities, and we've been freed from an accusing conscience. Now we are clean. Aren't you glad? You are unstained. You are actually presentable to God on the inside and the outside. Aren't you glad God did such a work in your life? 
So now wrap your heart tightly around the hope that lives in us. Most translations say it this way, hold on to the confession of your faith, knowing that God always keeps his promises. I love this. Look at this. Discover creative ways. Some translations say consider how you can encourage each other and motivate each other toward acts of compassion. Do beautiful works as expressions of love. This is not the time to pull away. This is not the time to neglect meeting together as some have formed a habit. How many know we can see that in our culture? It's just a habit of being disconnected from, from church and from a local community of faith. In fact, we should come together, look what it says, even more frequently, eager to encourage and urge each other onward as we anticipate a day that's dawning. That means a dangerous day, a day that is deceptive, a day that is distracting, sort of like the, the moment that we're living in right now. So community is an adhesive that bonds us together. Today, I want to look at this. This is my title. Comfort is the key. And when I use the word comfort, I'm really using the word encouragement. And the word encouragement in the Bible just simply means this, to build somebody up. Well, the opposite of encourage would be what? Discourage. So literally, encourage means to put courage in someone. Discourage means you diss the courage or you take away courage. And we live in an hour, we live in a time, how many know we need some courage? And I just want to declare to you, the best place you're going to get courage is from the Word of God and around the people of God. If you're overdosing on CNN right now, you will not be encouraged, you will be discouraged. If you're overdosing on Facebook right now, guess what? You will not be encouraged. That's why the Bible is predicting the hour that we're in right now for us to be together, not just some, but even more. And I want to I share two quick stories that we find in the Bible that have really two different directions to them. And one, the Bible says this, that Jesus was in Capernaum. And that was probably where Jesus based his ministry out of. So he's in Capernaum, and Jesus is teaching, he's healing, he is doing miracles, and so the crowds are getting massive. And so Jesus is teaching, the Bible tells us this one incident, he's teaching, and the house where he's teaching is so packed, it's packed outside the porch, and the Bible tells us this, this really cool story where there was a paralyzed man, and his friends wanted to get him to Jesus, but there was no way to get him close to Jesus to receive healing because it was so crowded. So a lot of people would give up right there and then, but you guys know the story, they climbed up on the roof. They went through the effort and the energy to dig a hole through the roof. Now, can you imagine Jesus is teaching? They're digging through the clay. They're digging through the thatch on the roof. And they dig a hole big enough to lower this man on his mat before Jesus. It, and according to the Bible, they thought that this guy was paralyzed because of sin in his life. So Jesus did this cool thing. He said, your sins are forgiven. Be healed. The guy gets up and he walks out. And the Bible says they literally said, we have never seen anything like this. All because four crazy friends were willing to climb a roof, dig a hole, and lower their friend to Jesus. How I many know sometimes you need three or four really crazy faith friends? <laughs> but there, there, there's another story in the Bible that, that goes this way, that Jesus was going by a place, it was called the Pool of Bethesda. And all around this pool of Bethesda, there were lame people, blind people, paralyzed people, laying everywhere. They lived there. All their stuff was there. And an angel would come and touch the water, and whoever got in the water first was healed. 
And Jesus comes walking by this pool, and the Bible said there was a man lame for 38 years. He had lived there with all of his belongings at this pool for 38 years, unable to move. And Jesus just happens to walk by, looks at him, and says this to him, hey, do you want to be healed? The guy didn't say yes. The guy said, there's no one here to help me to the water to get in first to get healed. Well, I'm glad Jesus took compassion on him. And the Bible said, Jesus healed him. He picked up his mat and he walked away. The difference in those two stories were what? The crazy faith friends in their life. Maybe he wouldn't have had to have lain there for 38 years in a desperate condition if he had some people around him like the gentleman who had the friends that climbed the roof, dug the hole, and lowered him to Jesus. So the difference in those two stories are having some faith friends around you or some faith builders or some encouragers around you. And we looked at this last week. There, there are really four different types of people. I think we have this on the screen. There are four different types of people that you can encounter. There are subtractors. Now, don't look around and try to locate them in the room, but there are, there are subtractors. And these are people who still, or they just zap your strength. Maybe you're, you're at the store and you see them coming and you, you all of a sudden you remember something in the other aisle. You had to go the other way. And you turn your buggy away. I know you wouldn't do that. And don't look around to try to figure out who that is. But, but you subtract. They, they subtract from your life. They, they steal your strength. And I'm sure right now you have someone in mind. But they're subtractors. Then there are dividers. Dividers are people who always have division in their life. And they, they, they will lead you away from the, the direction you should be going. They will lead you away and separate you from the things that you really need in, in your life. So there's subtractors and dividers. Then there are adders. Adders are awesome because just like a subtractor takes strength, they actually bring strength to your life. And maybe right now you can think of an adder that's in your life and you're like, thank God they're there because they have added strength. They have added influence into my life. But there, there's actually a, another person and they're multipliers. These are people that God has around you that are able to bring their resources and their life experience and what they've gone through. They're able to bring from their relationships and from, from their assets to your life and be a real blessing in your life. And I would encourage you with this. You need to be in a place where God can bring those people across your path. You need to be in a place where you're surrounded with those people that are always multiplying you. And, and you know, people say you can't make it on your own. You, you, you can make it on your own. You can survive on your own. You cannot thrive on your own. And so God has, has put opportunities and people around us, and I believe that's why he calls us the family of God. That's why he has created a, a church like LifePoint for you to find your place so you can make some bonds in your life where things in your life can be multiplied. Things can be strengthened in your life. So how about, let's, let's make some life points. I don't know if this first one is worded exactly right. Sorry for all, all of you teachers, but this is, this is how I worded it. Um, you need to be where you're built up. You need to be where you're, remember, we're talking about comfort. It, it's an adhesive agent. It is a bonding agent. You need to make sure you are where you get built up. You need to be in a church where the word's taught, where they worship, where we minister like we did this morning. We're not the only one of those churches. I'm not saying that, but I'm saying you need to make sure you are where you get built up. 
That's exactly what Hebrews is talking about. It is saying you need to be and be more frequently in deceptive times, in dangerous times, in distracting times. You need to be in a place where you are getting built up because there are a lot of things outside the house of God that will not build you up, that will tear you, it will put you in a spirit of fear. That's the prevailing spirit in our culture right now is a spirit of fear. And God said this about you. I didn't create that spirit for you. That spirit's not yours to own. It's, it's not, and it is a spirit, but it is not for you. It, it is not designed for you to carry. You're not designed to carry fear. You're designed to be full of faith. But we have to be in places where we get built up, we get strength, and we get, we get full of faith. That means an atmosphere around the right people that will build you up, that will encourage you. I just love that. That just builds you up. Because there are times there are a lot of things that will tear you down, that will discourage you, that will conflict with what you believe. And so you need some people, and the word encourage literally means to come alongside you and encourage you not to quit, to, to encourage you to keep going. You need encouragers in your life. You need three or four crazy friends in your life that will get you in the word of God, that will encourage you from the word, that will encourage you being in the right place at, at the right time, for God to do the right things in your life. L listen to this statement. Those in your season determine what you will receive. Whoever's in your season right now are going to determine what you receive. That could be in your professional life, your personal life, your marriage, your family life, who you're hanging out with in school, Whoever's in your circle, in your season right now, are literally going to determine success or failure. Statistics tell us, actually I read a statistic the other day that said that 100% of how high you go in life is determined by the relationships in your life. No matter how much, you know, personal, uh, how many personal goals you have or how driven you are, it's, it's, it depends on who's in your circle, Who's in your, your season right now? So who is in your season right now? Who, who's there to cheer you on? Uh, is there someone even in your circle right now that could call you out? Do you have someone in your circle right now that could spur you on, encourage you on, build you up, encourage you to keep going, to look after you? And you say, no, I don't have any friends. No one likes me. Well, let me encourage you. Maybe you need to be a little more friendly. Sometimes that works. This scripture in Hebrews means this, that, that we get to a place and we go through something and we isolate ourselves and then we start saying, well, no one cares and we begin to slip out and separate ourselves from the places and the people we should be around and it becomes a habit in our life. And I want you to know that when you're faced with something, it's not the moment to find some crazy friends. At that moment, you will find out how crazy your friends are and how crazy they are in whichever angle that they may be crazy in. But you will find out uh, it, when you're going through something, if you go through something physical, that's not the time to find out what you believe about healing. That's not the time to find out what you believe. That's the time to prove what you believe. That's the time that who's around you is it, going to prove itself. And so you need to get you in a place where you're being built up and be there frequently, be there often. Have you ever noticed in your life that when you start going through something and you can get a little prideful or you can get a little discouraged 
And something starts happening that you didn't ever think would happen. You start to isolate yourself, separate yourself. All of a sudden, you miss a week or two. A week or two turns into a month. A month turns into several weeks. And then it gets really hard to come back. And what happens a lot of times is people are sticking with it and staying with it. Man, they're progressing. They're going to the next level. And now you feel like you're so far behind. The enemy tricks you into you're so far behind you're not going to catch up. I want to encourage you. Keep yourself in a place where you get built up. Say, so how do I do it here? Well, um, if you saw the video Pastor Shane was talking about on first Wednesday, we're going to launch our new groups. We're going to launch our equipped classes. We'll tell you more about them that night. We'll also do it on a Sunday morning. But I just encourage you, get out on Sunday mornings. You know, we're not just supposed to show up. We're supposed to worship. We're not just supposed to attend. We're supposed to participate. Be there, be involved, be engaged. Come out to a first Wednesday. Get involved in some events that are going on. Get involved in the life of a church. That's how you build a bond. I just want to take a survey. How many of you, since you have become a Jesus follower, have ever gone through something really, really hard? You guys must not be living right. <laughs> now, what happens? But how many would agree with me? Now, we understand it's a given. The presence of God, the word of God is with us. But how many could say this? Man, if I didn't have somebody that was alongside of me that kept me going, I'm not sure if I could have made it. And if you're sitting here and you're looking, you're saying, I'm not sure I've got enough crazy faith friends in my circle. It's time to be in some places where you can make some connections. So, so be where you're built up. Life point two. And I know this one may sound a little weird and you think, well, why would you say this one if you said the last one? But listen to this. Be one who can be built up. Now, you might think, why would you have to say that one after you said be where you can be built up? Because sometimes we're not so easy to be built up. Let me read you another scripture. This is Hebrews. This is chapter 3. Verse 12 says, take care, brothers and sisters. So he's talking to us. That there will not be in any one of you an evil, unbelieving heart that actually falls away from God. But encourage each other every day, as long as it's still called today, so that none of you will be hardened by deceitfulness. For we have become partakers of Christ if we keep the beginning of our commitment firm until the end. What this scripture is saying to us is don't let your heart get hard. Don't fall away. Don't get disconnected. Keep firm until the end. Keep your connection with God. Keep your commitment with others. You have to be in a place and you have to have the right demeanor where you can be encouraged. And you've probably heard this. They say that for every negative comment in your life, it takes nine positive ones just to equal it out. Well, how many have had some negative things said to you? How many have had some negative thoughts? How many have seen some negative things on the internet, on the news? Unless you've been in a cave somewhere, there's a lot of negative. And statistics say just to equal that out, it takes nine positive. Well, I believe the house of God ought to be the most positive place. If you get here enough, if you're around the word of God enough, it is positive. Even in desolate situations, even in unknown circumstances, the word of God is true. And we need a lot of the word just to equal out the negative things in the environment that's around us. 
But we have to be in a place that we're, we're, where we can be built. And I always see two extremes. One extreme is being so prideful that I don't need any encouragement. I'm full of faith. I'm a walking, talking Bible. Sometimes our pride just gets in the way. You know, I, I'm the kind of person, I'm not, me and my wife are really different, if you haven't figured it out yet. Um, you walk in the room and, you know, she's giving you seven hugs and 14 compliments and you feel like you've been best friends since like kindergarten. I know when I walk in the room, like, I don't even know if that dude likes me. She's just more, ex- I do, I love you, but, but she's just more expressive th- than I am. But I am the kind of person that's more quiet. And unfortunately, sometimes I've had the mentality that I got this. You know what I've realized in my life? I don't got this. Just when I f- think I figured it out, I don't got this. And that's, that's one extreme. We can be that way. And you know what? It's okay not to be okay. It's not okay to stay that way. But we do need each other. Okay, but, but, but then there's the other side. We can be too private, but we can, do, we can be too victimized. Some people will just always always suck the encouragement out of you. They just, they're just always, they're, it's just really negative. It's, so we, we, we don't want to be one way or the other. And honestly, sometimes the life, the past we grew up in can really affect how well we let people help us. If you grew up in an environment that wasn't loving and encouraging, you can have a hard time receiving trust and intimacy and help from others. And, and listen, I, I know it doesn't always work this way in the church world, but our goal is for it to work this way here. We will love on you. We will help you. We will encourage you. And, and I, you know what? I know people say that the church is full of a bunch of hypocrites. And that's probably right because none of us are perfect. But thank God his grace is here and his goodness. I don't, I'm not talking about intentional hypo- hypocrisy. I'm just talking about none of us have it all together. We need each other. I, I promise you, you will find somebody that's stronger in something than you are, and God wants them in your life, it could be the, ter- the determining fact. They could be part of the answer in your life. They could carry something on them. They've been through something. They've been where, there may be some people who've been through some marriage stuff. You just need to be around them because it could help heal your marriage. You've heard testimonies how God is, it was so awesome to pray healing this morning. We have, we have people in our congregation who were given a death sentence and God healed them. And when you're going through sickness, you need to hear that. You need to hear from them. Hey, I've been there, but God touched me. God healed me. Or they've been through some rough times economically. And you need to, you need to be around some people that the blessing of God is on because it will rub off on you. Listen, whoever you're around, it will rub off on you. Have you ever been at work and think, my gosh, you, you like take a bathroom break every five minutes? Why? Because you got to get away from it. <laughs> Now, we know God's called us to be influencers, but how many of sometimes you're like, oh my goodness. You know, several, um, several years back now, and, and you heard this story, I'm not going to go into all of it, but um, as a church, uh, we were moving and grooving, bought property, and God was doing amazing things, and, and we really hit a season of attack. We had some staff members that led, I think, 200 and some people way across town. Another, We just went through a rough season, and it was a very discouraging season. And I remember telling my wife, I said, I'm done. I, I didn't sign up for this. And God arrested us. He said, you can't leave. I said, okay, God, we'll, we'll stick around till this gets healthy. And then um, God got a hold of us and all of that. It, it, was a, it was a really rough season. 
when your phone rings every other night and it's something else and it's lies and it was just a rough season. And, you know, when a church goes through that, they don't often bounce back. So we just say, God, we're going to bounce back. You're, you're going to continue to, to do what you're doing here. We submitted ourselves to God and, and we just, um, you know, when you get in situations like that, how many know your, your prayer life goes like this? <laughs> Everybody becomes a prayer warrior when you're in the middle of something, right? We're praying. We're seeking God. He's showing us stuff. We're, we are, um, we're, 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 just, we're just going through it. But I think, I think in those few months, I read 50-some books. Didn't I? Because like, I'm just like, God, what, show us what, what we're dealing with. Because and, and, we were just committed to, to God bringing you know, restoration and, and healing. And in the middle of all of that, we started an upswing of things. And I read a book called Leadership Pain. And when I got done reading that book, I was like, ouch. Because I realized in the middle of it, and as we were coming out with it, something that was missing for us, something that was missing um, in our church. Because we're not a denominational church. And when we were going through it, um, I, I, I'm, I realized who was for me and who was just around me. And I can't tell you how many times, because there were a lot of ministry friends, they knew what I was going through, but I never heard from them. But there were a couple, and there were times where I would just be like, okay, God, if you're really out there, I need to hear from you, and I'd get a phone call from one of them. It's like, man, I'm just driving. God told me to call you. And there were the moments like that, how many know they keep you going? But we got through all of that, and God really started challenging me, but we didn't have enough connection outside of us. And so we started seeking and praying and through some roundabout ways that God works. Uh, I got reconnected with uh, a a young guy that used to to be in a student ministry that I led that now is a a worship leader and a songwriter at Gateway Church in Texas. Uh, We were dealing with some real spiritual stuff. All of a sudden, Pastor Robert Morris at Gateway Church is preaching on what we're dealing with. And so there was this connection uh, through, through this friendship that I had, uh, he comped me some tickets to go to a conference. I thought, well, I just need to get out of town. And the whole time we're there, God's doing this. See, if you get in the right place, God will speak to you. And I knew the three days we were there, the whole time I felt like every speaker that did this was talking to us. While we were there, we found about, out about this um, gateway network that we could be a part of. Um, we submitted, we got to be a part of the gateway network. It's just, it's just a help for us as a church. I'm not just saying that because we have guests here today. I would have said this if they weren't here, that it was a lifeline for us to help us um, through all the pain that we went through. And it was really a massive reason why we got through what we went through. They all didn't know all, even all that stuff. So I just want to introduce our guests. Um, this is Todd and Lisa Bolt. If you guys would just stand. They're from the Gateway Network. And um, thank you, guys. They're going to be here doing some training with our, our staff tomorrow. Point to that was I had to find out, God, there are some connections. We have to make sure that we're connected. Not, not surface stuff, just we all need that. And this is from a guy who likes to just take it on and do it himself. Yeah. <laughs> so be where you can get built up and be the person that can be built up. Last life point, you ready for us? Y'all getting something good? Here's the last one. Be one who builds others up. Be where you can get built up. Be the kind of person who can receive and get built up and be one who builds others up. This scripture really says, consider how you can encourage others. That word consider means to fix your attention 
on how you can spur each other on. And I, I think sometimes we do this backwards. Because sometimes Sunday mornings go like this. Now, now my, my daughters are a little bit older now. They can drive themselves. But, you know, when you're younger and you're trying to get your kids dressed to look halfway normal, like you look like a halfway normal family. Um, how many know, like, the other six days of the week, the ride wherever you're going is peaceful, but on Sunday morning, it's like all the little devils come out and everything goes crazy that can go crazy. And somehow, some way, you barely got the Sunday morning. But we come in with such a consumer attitude. Play a song I like, speak a message that makes me feel good, hope someone notices my new hair, do. Instead of what the Bible says, we should always be considering how can we build somebody up? How can we pump somebody up? How can we encourage someone along the way? It literally means come along somebody and motivate them not to quit. What if we walked in church that way? I'm going to come and worship. I'm going to come and get the word. And I'm going to encourage somebody this morning. And what I say and how I act might be what keeps them from quitting this week. That's how we're supposed to mingle. The Bible says meet together. Actually, it literally says assemble together. Groups gather, armies assemble. And it's an army of God. So we need, we need to come to encourage. First Thessalonians says this. Therefore, well, anytime you see the word therefore, you need to stop and figure out what is therefore. The verses before are just basically saying this to us. Because of what you believe, this is how you act. In other words, doctrine precedes duty. If I'm a believer, then this is how I act. Therefore, look what it says. Because you're a believer, because of what you believe, therefore, do what? Encourage, build up each other and build each other up just as in fact you're doing. It literally means this, make it your lifestyle. It actually means daily encourage, consider, be thinking about be thinking about what you could do. Be thinking about especially what you could say. How many of you can't really encourage someone without saying something? Now, I don't have this scripture on the screen, but I, I, I just put this down later. You can write this down, Ephesians 4.29. It says, don't let any unwholesome language come out of your mouth, but only the words that build each other up according to their need, that it would benefit them who listen. Benefit those who listen. Now, listen, I know this isn't like an earth-shattering, deep sermon this morning. But the hour, the moment that we're living in, I think I would just say it this way. We need to be in church together. We need to be getting built up. We need to build each other up. When we walk back out there, we are full of courage. Not just to get by, but to overcome. Just not to make it, but to be victorious. It's like we rally together on a Sunday or a Wednesday or in a group time and we pump each other up so we can go out there and not just make it, but to influence, to live the kingdom before people. Are you getting something good out of this? So we need to be those who encourage others. So I want to wrap this up by, by giving you an A, B, and C. Not just a one, two, three today, but an A, B, C. What, three things that an encourager wants to do. How many wants to be an encourager? You want to be the, the, the type of, don't you like being around encouraging people? 
Man, they attract you. They're like a magnet. If I can get around them, they're going to say something good. If I can get around them, it's going to rub off on me. If I, if I can get around them, I'm going to be stirred. I love being around people. When you walk away from them, you feel a little stirred on the inside. You feel more confident as opposed to some other type of people, which we talked about. Three things an encourager does. One, encouragers are always thinking about others. They're just always saying, the Bible says, consider, consider. Think about creative ways that you could encourage somebody. Man, what if we just flipped our attitude? What if we just flipped our disposition where we're just always thinking about how we can encourage? We would think less about our problem and we'd be thinking more about who we could encourage. So your problem with no friends would disappear. Why? People like being around people who are encouragers. I thought you'd laugh about that. You didn't. But th th what do they do? They are always thinking about other people. Less about ourselves, uh, about other people. What, what else do they do? They always look to declare comfort to others. The power of your words. Your words are seeds. Every seed brings a harvest. If you can speak life, if you can speak word, the word, if you can speak encouragement to people and it keeps getting watered, guess what's going to happen in their life? They're going to start having a harvest from that. If you can be in a place where you're around uh, people that will build you up, in an atmosphere where you're getting built up, guess what? You're going to be built up and what has been a, a challenge to you and maybe what has conquered you in the past will actually just become a stepping stone. What if the people and the environment in this season is the difference maker, and not if you make it, but how well you go over it. And encouragers are always ready to bless others. That's what an encourager is. I'm thinking, I'm considering, how can I be a blessing? I'm thinking, I'm considering, what can I speak? If I could speak life to somebody, if I could speak encouragement to somebody, and I'm always ready and willing to just be a blessing. So what does that mean? Well, maybe you buy their lunch. Maybe you help them do something. I don't, that could be a lot of different things, but that's what an encourager is. Now, think about an atmosphere where this happens frequently. Think about what that would be like. I'm in an atmosphere where people are thinking about me, and I'm thinking about people. I'm in an atmosphere where I'm speaking life to people, and people are speaking life to me. I'm in an atmosphere where I'm a blessing to people, and people are a blessing to me. It sounds a little bit like the original church in the book of Acts. It said they were submitted to the apostles' teaching. They did life together. They broke bread together. They were encouraging each other, and amazing things happened. There was dramatic increase. There were miracles. People were set free. People were delivered. Why? Because of what was in the atmosphere. Now, let me say this, and we'll begin to wrap this up. You and I are not in control of the manifestation of God. And God's not in charge of the atmosphere, but we're in charge of the atmosphere. God's in control of the manifestation. Make sense? So what we can do is conduct ourselves in a way that the atmosphere is charged with encouragement, with life, with don't quit, keep going. God's got this. I'm behind you. I'm gonna stick with you. I'm gonna lower you through the roof. We will dig through the roof if we have to. We will lower you to Jesus. If it's too crowded, I will get you to Jesus. So nobody has to lay for 38 years 
because they can't get to the water because no one is there to help them. You need someone in your life or you need to be a person. Help somebody to the water. Help someone to his presence. Help someone to his power. Help someone to his promises. Help someone to his anointing. Help somebody. That's the atmosphere. And then God does what God does best. He manifests. He did what he did this morning. He healed. He touched somebody. He set somebody free. He'll deliver you. I think I've said this before, but the best times in your life and the worst times of your life probably have to do with who's in the scene with you at those times. The biggest breakthrough, the, the biggest moment, even in God's presence, was probably because what someone preached and who was alongside of you to say, let's grab it, let's do it, let's join a group, let's be there, let's worship, let's pray, I'll pray. So those, those amazing moments probably depended on who was in your circle. And probably the biggest mistakes of your life and mine was who was in the scene with us. Is that true? So let me encourage you with this for, for just a moment. The Bible says this about you, that you are more than a conqueror. You are more than a champion. You're, you're more than an overcomer. It literally means you, you, you can live a surpassing victory. Not just survive, not just make it, but surpass it. How many of that's encouraging? Okay, what you're facing right now, God's design is that you have a surpassing victory in it. Whether it's physical, emotional, mental, whatever it is, the design God has right now, he said, I'll take what the enemy meant to destroy you and I will turn it around and it'll be a blessing in your life. It'll be a testimony that follows you. How I many that's encouraging? So what you need is two things. One, to just agree with God about it. Stop disagreeing with it and just agree with God about it. And then make sure you're gonna be around enough people that are gonna keep encouraging you of that scripture. You need some people around you that will look at you and not say, well, what a loser. And look at you and say, you're a champion. And you don't need, because sometimes we, we, we get this wrong. We look for people whose story is as bad as ours so we feel good about our bad story. How many have ever been in a doctor's office waiting to see the doctor? And if you just listen, it's like, it's like a competition between who has the worst symptoms. Well, I have this, whoa, that's nothing. I've had this for 14 years, that's nothing. Look at this growth. I mean, there, there's just all of these, it's like a... And sometimes we try to settle into those atmospheres because we can be negative and we can talk down. That's the wrong atmosphere for you to be in. You need to be in an atmosphere where there's some faith, where there's some heal. You need to be around some people that say, you know what, I had that, I don't have it anymore. I, I used to be like that, I don't think like that anymore. I used to talk like that, I'm done talking like that. Amen. Comfort or encouragement is the key. It's the key of how well you're gonna do. Y'all get something good? Can, can, can we stand up for just a moment?